Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt. And you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. It is the 2nd of March, and we are recording episode 124 of the podcast. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday today, isn't it? Oh, I was getting used to it. Yeah. Guys, yes, Indeed. Thursday. Well, welcome, guys. How are you? How's Russ? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still um, living my dream from last week of continuing the, the theme of Thrash. So I'm about halfway through my Sepultura box set and um, still slipping in the odd bit of Slayer and uh, Lacuna Coil. So uh, I can't complain. Did you say you're working your way through Thrash and you slipped in a bit of Lacuna Coil? I did at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, genre spanning, but uh, it's fair. okay. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't call them a fresh band, but you know they complement Slayer and Sepultura rather nicely when you're in kind of a mood for winding down, I suppose. I suppose. You can't go, you know, you can't right. go full on heavy at eleven all the time. That is very true. That is very true. Mm. They, make, they, they do make a good mix. Fair enough. How about you, Mike? I'm good, thanks. I went to um, Italy last Friday. You did? One day, so How'd you get that on? That was good. Um, it was good. I was uh, kind of in a in a town 40 minutes away by train from Milan, but on the Friday when I arrived, uh, yeah, I went to the pub and met um, Mr. Mackey, so that was good. Awesome. What was it? Yes, yes. Awesome. Yes. Yep. I had plenty of beer in there and stayed out and then ended up getting a cab, which took forever and got in at 5am oh so, living it large nice yeah place. living living it large and good to see him and serena and all, all is well and good ready stuff. for the tour that starts soon in in is it four days in yeah, south america it's not far now is it it's not far yeah enough, yeah so. yeah yeah well, they, i'm sure they're getting passports all sorted out so yes it's all prepped yeah well in fact if they've got that sorted out by now and they've gone horribly yeah. wrong <laughs> Uh, but yeah, starting in San Diego on the yeah, it's well, it's not even four days, is it? It's three days because it's the fifth. Yeah, time, time flies. And how um, are you? I am fine. I am fine. Work is very busy as always. I have tried really hard to start eating into my Amazon watch list. I've watched a bit of Lucifer this week, series two, which I got a lot of time for. So that's a fun program. Uh, you guys know it? No. No. No, no, but judging by the name, it ties in with Slayer, so it's good for me. Are <laughs> you based on a, a comic? I think it might be the old uh, Sandman comic offshoot. I oh. think I might be wrong. I didn't really read a lot of Sandman. Um, but it is about Lucifer, the fallen angel, the devil himself, who live, now living in Los Angeles. Mm. And and hilarity ensued. It's actually a pretty good program. It's <laughs> a, an Amazon Prime exclusive, I think, series two. I think I'm about six or seven episodes in. Well worth watching if into that kind of kind of thing. Not really a comedy, more of a crime thriller with Lucifer being evil, basically. And it's all about um, him on Earth, what he does with himself, and punishment and so forth. Pretty good. Yeah, so I've been doing that. Tell you what, that sounds a hell of a lot more interesting than a Constantine with Keanu Reeves about the devil, where it's got Gavin Rost out of Bush and out of The Voice playing Lucifer. Your version sounds a lot more scary. Oh, Constantine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Constantine. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I won't have anything bad said about Keanu Reeves because the internet tells me on a regular basis that he's a really nice guy. And who am I to lie? Well, I love Keanu Reeves. Reeves but, you know, Gavin Bush is, you know, <laughs> Lucifer. That doesn't quite cut it, does it? <laughs> well, 
wasn't there one with um, Al Pacino as Lucifer as well? That was uh... there was <laughs> yeah. there was uh, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Was that was that Advocate? Um, Keanu Reeves. In it as that well, was Keanu Reeves as well. There we go. Yeah. Gets all over the place. So. Yes, indeed. Good that connection. was bit random there we go anyway so let's move on with the podcast shall we finish <laughs> talking about films with lucifer in it uh, yeah so this week we've got on the podcast the final interview that we performed uh, with the clinical during the uh, tour last year i think it's the final one i've just said that without really giving it a lot of thought but i'm pretty sure i'm right i think we covered most bases um this was performed after the show as the band were packing up in Southampton, and I managed to grab some time with Andrea and Christina. So it's a joint review, sitting between them, asking them random questions and getting suitably random answers. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, welcome, Andrea and Christina, Woo-hoo. to the podcast. Hello. How are you both? I'm doing all right. Yeah, we're doing good. I mean, it's the last show in the UK, so it's a bit sad, but also, on the other hand, happy that we're going close to Italy. So <laughs> slowly making your way home. So it's a bittersweet your... feeling. <laughs> How are the shows in the UK been? It's pretty good, I would say. I would say, uh, yeah. Usually, it's always one of the best territories for us, and even this time has confirmed such as one of the best and we had a very good shows and a lot of people come in and a lot of friends a lot of stalkers following us around I have no idea <laughs> <what you're talking laughs> there are quite a few weird stalkers in England you've got to be careful yeah. but uh, overall very good I would say what's the, the difference you know differences between say the crowds in the UK and the crowds in other territories would you say here they speak English there you go <laughs> All right, okay, well, that's covered that question nice and easily. Right, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. So, Delirium, uh, how successful has, been the, has the album been for you since it's released? I would say that so far everything is going amazing. It's been very, very well accepted from the old school fans as much as the new people who's coming closer to Lacuna Call for the first time. Mm-hmm. We have uh, heard from, from our label that it already outsold Broken Crown Halo, which was already... Oh wow! Which went very well already. So mm. we're we're happy because we love it. We love it. We love every part of it. We love the the music, the vocals, the the lyrics, the the theme about the album, the the artwork, the the, the way we we portrayed it on stage with the you know the stage clothing and the sh- the new show. We mm. we love it entirely. It's heavier than pretty much anything you've done before I think if you look at the it album is. as a whole um, how is that in ter- how does that like to perform on stage then because I know you, look, you both like rocking out you, you know you're very much enjoying yourselves and the, during the show these songs seem to seem to create a, a, a sense of ex- excitement in you on stage how, how does that work for you are you enjoying yeah, that to be honest I mean the fact that the record is heavier it's not something entirely new it's not that we were like a super mellow band who went heavy all of, all of a sudden i mean you know us from the very first demos before yep. the, the first tp came out 
there was already you know a massive part of Andrea growling and and aggressiveness and heavy parts. So basically, what we did with this record is, is to emphasize something that it was already in the band, and we we thought about the fact that we were we were having the most fun to perform the heaviest song on stage just because they're more energetic, they're more. They create more enthusiasm in the band while the perform during the performance. So, I mean, life has been working amazingly. We've noticed. You mentioned that, that it's you way more exciting. The theme of delirium. You know, the title of the theme is around the sanatorium. So, I know we've asked this question before, but where did that come from? Where, you know, what was? How did that come about? Because I think this has got the strongest theme in terms of the lyrics and the visual style of any of your albums, certainly most consistent. But as always, we, we're always kind of looking for a, a theme, not a concept, because concept then you, you usually, when you talk about concept albums, then you also include the, the, a story that goes with mm. characters, with, so it's not as complicated as, and also the music has not been written following one story like this is the beginning of the story and the music has been written together with the lyrics but more in an open way so we haven't followed any single title any single uh, concept you know so we we always look for the, the topic and this time around we had two or three different topics that were in our mind but we couldn't really find a, a clear vision of which one was really the one to go for you know because it, it's it, they were all good but they were also we weren't sure if they completely appeal with the sound of the record, with the, how the demos of the music was coming along. So once we, we start really working on the song, and we still were undecided towards the titles or the, of the album or the concept, we found uh, the word uh, delirium for the song, delirium for the chorus of the song. Mm -hmm. And from there, it kind of opened a, a window towards all the vision of the album. So once we found that word, and we really liked the way it sounded, the way it was... Uh, uh, already expressing a big concept with one just one word, we we kind of envision all the all the possible work for the layout of the city, for the backdrop, uh, for the way we were gonna uh, be dressed on stage, for the, the general thematic. Plus, that topic was also something we, that has been touching us personally, some of us in different ways, and uh, and so it was. It seemed like the topic has found us. You know, like the topic was already there, but we couldn't envision it right away. So it took a little bit until we found that little uh, trigger that was the word delirium that clicked and and worked to to express the full concept of the album. And then we and we imagine it also as a big sanatorium uh, with all the different rooms. Every room has a story, and every story has a sort of a, a parallel between the real mental big problem of the mental illness and uh, this more personal experience we had with it and the way we we wrote the lyrics as usual we try to to put them down in a way that everybody can kind of relate to the topic without having to be precisely uh, exactly the same experience we had you know? yeah. so, okay that's how we started <laughs> yeah. so. we covered quite a lot of ground there I, was, I mean for me the subject of mental illness in any way shape or form is a very sensitive one and you've approached it as you say with the different rooms from lots of different angles but you've approached it sensitively which I'm, I'm sure was very important to you when you were writing the lyrics um what kind of challenges did that bring you you know w when you were pulling the, the songs together pulling the lyrics together and then presenting this as a an album about the, 
mental illness? You know, what were the challenges there for you? Well, as you said, I mean, it was really important for us to treat this topic in the most respectful way because when we started to think about this idea, we we didn't want to do it because it was looking cool or we because it was shocking or, or or anything like that. We wanted to do it because it was reflecting what we were going through in life. So it's something that we we knew very well. We not only visited abandoned sanatoriums, so we kind of absorbed the feeling of these places, which is something that other people might have done, but we also went to centers that are treating mental illnesses. We, We've been in touch with patients that are having this problem, so probably this made it even easier in a way for us to to talk about this thing in a, in a very respectful way because it was not done just for shocking someone. It was more telling a story. It was more telling people a part of our life, translated in 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 lyrics. But I also have to say that we 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 made a parallel. I mean, of course the the medical mental illness is included in the inspiration and in some of the songs like like you love me because i hate you for example where the stockholm syndrome is inspired as uh, the mm -hmm. lyrics but there is also a parallel well with everyone's life because without knowing each one of us make a series of insane gestures and and habits every day that are pretty crazy and we don't even realize that that we're we're doing it mm. i think it's we're a topic them. that regardless of the fact that, that we has, has come to our mind because of personal experience is actually a topic that is just all around you every day you know just turn the news on and, and you see what's happening in the world and it's really seems the world is going crazy you know between the terrorism and uh, crazy elections, crazy decision, political decisions, and you know, the world it seems to be gone crazy. In no, a way, you know? I can't agree more with you more. So it is a very, although we didn't really thinking about that, the, the, the politics or stuff like that, but it can actually fit in perfectly <laughs> with the historical moment we are living in. So I don't think anybody cannot relate to such a problem right now. I notice when you're singing the songs live, you're very much acting them out. More so than I think I've ever seen you before. Uh, in particular, um, you love me because love me because I hate you. You've got you, Andrea. You're sitting on the chair, Christina. You're wearing a, a very specific sort of dress, which you don't wear at any other point during the show. And you come in and you you sing to Andrea. Where's that come from? It comes from the fact that we wanted to add something to the show because one thing is to listen to a CD when you're in your house, but we think that when you go to see a concert, it's like going to 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 a theater theatrical uh, event mm. so whatever you're wearing however you're acting the lights the sonography is really important from for the vision you're offering together with the music and the voices and we thought about that part of um of the show done this way because we filmed the video that we will show you, and you will be the first one oh, <laughs> to see it, beside the band that whoever works to it, and that gave us the inspiration for this part of the show, and we thought that it was a good break, something interesting, something something different, as you said, that we've never done before, so 
everyone coming to the show was really impressed because it was a definitely a different break. Mm. Yeah, and it's also kind of an intimate part of the show, also because it comes after um, Downfall, which is already kind of setting up a specific mood. So we decided to play the two songs together because you want a moment of the show where you kind of people have to watch and and see what's going on instead of just you know seeing us being distracted by uh, screens or jumps or cheerings you know we wanted a little bit more atmospherical moment in the show. I mean the the, the, sh- the stage show itself is a whole event everything from the the dummies on the wall behind and the clothes and the elephant to the to the cages that that uh, Didi and Marco stand in, you know, this all comes together into a very specific theme, which I think works throughout the entire set, and it's it's exciting to watch. You know, the the cage itself, the cages that the guys stand in during certain songs, just provides you with a very close, intimate feeling in this show, and I've not seen that before from from Nicola Cole. Um, the the craziness that you show, because especially you, Christine, I think in Delirium, you just got, I mean, you're like Harley Quinn, you know, especially <laughs> the, way, the way you've been lit. It's just, I'm just taking photos, I think it was, gosh, I think it was in Manchester, and you were, you just look crazy. I mean, is that something that you kind of feel when you're on stage singing that song? Yeah, to me, I mean, to show my emotions on stage is really important. Uh, most of the pictures that you see of me singing are horrible because I make the weirdest faces because to me it's really really important to deliver how I feel and Mm. to do that I need to scream I need to empathize whatever I sing I'm not really looking forward to give the best vocal performance in terms of technique or just like oh I have to be super clean I have to be super technical and reach a perfect note it's more about what I communicate to the people so in songs like Delirium it's part acting, but it's 90% of feeling. I'm trying to deliver what the song is talking about to whoever's at the show, okay. including and the acting part as well. Because it just seems quite a joy. <laughs> or maybe you do it instinctively. Uh, Andrea, you just look like you're prepared to kill someone when you're up on stage. <laughs> what goes through your mind when you're singing those songs? He wants to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he goes in his mind. No, I mean, it's. As you say, it's these songs kind of, uh, they have so much energy that kind of possess you in a way, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they drive you, they drive you to, to act like that because of the, there's always a, a very uh, emotional load behind all of these songs, you know. So I think it's just a spontaneous thing that comes with the music, you know, it's not that you try to, to be some, something you're not, you know, I've always been very energetic, I think, on stage, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously with these songs, it's, it's also even more easy to to follow with the music you know and I, I think this is the a, a good dimension that we like to to have because we like the the balance between the the very powerful songs and then they have the specific moment when you can relax and uh, not relax but like and, and get a different kind of attention from the people okay ghost woman and the hunter uh, one of my favorite songs from Kamalice and you've reworked it and brought it with you live this year this year on this tour where did that come from why did you choose that particular song and why are we working out? Well, I remember we, we were in the practice room and we wanted to to bring something old to the table, but not 
something we already played many many times you know even if you take uh, when I don't know what so 119 they're all songs that go down well but we've done them many many years although obviously every time you come there's always somebody who's never seen you before mm. and some younger fans that are coming on board so there's always could always be a surprise for somebody but uh, we we thought that play one song from Comalize that is not one of the usual songs yeah, we Evans always play. Evans Alive, Swan, Dance at Night Roll, those are the ones we always kind of played. It was cool to to do it first. We never played it live before, and second was also a very old song from a very popular, probably the most popular record we had when we started to become a bigger band. You know, mm. so it was a it was a cool thing to, to bring as a special surprise for the old school fans and for people maybe never, maybe never really followed us back then to just listen to it and I think it's a good song is a good song you know it doesn't matter if you yeah we rearrange it a little bit to make it more up to date with music today but it's not massively different you know I think it's when you have a good song it's, it's not difficult to, to make it sound good you know? <laughs> has it inspired you to take some of the other songs that you might not otherwise have toured with and yeah, it's rework just them <coughs> sometimes it's also a matter of, of time because uh, especially Marco that is doing the arrangement usually for the keyboards and, and the stuff on those yeah, songs it takes time and then there is a new solo that you have to write as well yeah it, it takes time to rearrange all the keyboards especially because with those records were recorded in um, analog so we don't have an hard drive with all the tracks that you just synchronize and that's it it's a, it's and a big war. Guitars. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's, they have to think it for one guitar and then put the keyboards in the right place to fill in the gap with the other guitar. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's a big work to do. You know, I'm not excluding we're gonna do it again for the future, but obviously it needs to be worked. You know, they take some time to do it. You know, I'm go- I'm gonna be daring and ask her, uh, ask her a few questions relating to the lyrics from Delirium. Just sort of going back to that. I appreciate that we don't have a lot of time, but. If we start off with the first one, House of Shame, could you kind of give us a maybe a 30-second or a minute pricey of what that song is about? The song is actually um, was inspired by a ghost that it's said to be haunting an abandoned sanatorium, Peoria, mm-hmm. in the States. And it's not the ghost talking in the song, but it's the whole situation and atmosphere, but that was the main inspiration on the song yeah, you know the mourning the sort of death someone that is still present we also wanted to be there as the first song on the record because obviously it's the most diverse song the most heavy song of mm. the record but also it's a sort of introduction talking about this place where you are basically kind of in trap let's say you know and so you describe a little bit the sanatorium you imagine the, the walls the high walls the one big windows you know so you see the the envision the place, you know, when it's on, that's why we put it as first song. Okay, and yet strangely, it's the last song you play on the set, and and yeah. from the regular edition of Delirium, you start off with with the last one, Ultimation, <laughs> which is right, so yeah. you kind of reverse the whole thing, which is just a bit crazy. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it make, kind of makes and sense. It's funny because Ultima means last, hmm. <laughs> but but actually it makes sense because Ultima, yeah. Ultima is about, uh, about an escape from the place. Yeah, mm. so you on the record you escape, and then live you. You still escape, but we find you, and then we put you back in the sanatorium. So you said it's not a concert album, but you <laughs> have a story there. Yeah. Not playing through. Okay, as I say, I'm not going to go through every single, much as I would love to, unless we find time later. But um, take me home. I mean, I love that song. It starts with that it's crazy lullaby, mm-hmm. kind of freaky, spooky lyrics. How did that one come about? Which one? Sorry. Take me home. Take me oh, home. take me home. 
Uh, I don't remember how he was born. I mean, Marco wrote the music that was already sounding like a, like a kid, sort of not not a lullaby. How do you mm. how do you say like a kid kid song? Yeah, like a playground kind of song. Yeah. yeah, and so we 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 played with the lyrics as well. We we imagined a sort of a mental trip, and that's represented by this train who's trying to take you around and mm. trying to bring you back, and the chorus that says take me home the home is the sanity so okay. we made it in a way that a, that kids could sing it and we we again as we did in the in the past recorded all together uh, some vocal parts that are sounding like kids Such crazy <laughs> singing I, I know but one thing is that every song on the record we there is a moment where the song kind of go crazy hmm. in a, um, for example in a uh, House of Shame is when you say, um, um, I told you to leave me alone, it's the chaotic part where yep. the kind of song goes crazy. Oh, yeah. Or there is the chorus, the, 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 sorry, the choir of the kids, or the, the little song that is the crazy part. There's always kind of one part, we try to put one part of the rec of the song like that kind of go crazy because we wanted to keep the, the feeling of the, the, the theme of the album. It's such a strong album, I mean, the, the theme bleeds through every song I mean, it's, it's just compelling the whole thing I, I love it everybody I, I just champion and just talk about this all the time to people because it's just such a, an amazing piece of music from start to finish the whole album um, one thing I will say though is that uh, when House of Shame ends it doesn't feel right unless it immediately goes into broken things that transition from one song to the next so it's that particular those on, in the order on that album just perfect for me so broken things very distinctive, the way that you kind of you count things out. Where would that come from? Tell me about that song. I think for some songs, I can't really tell you how you know it, it worked because mm. uh, obviously the inspiration for the lyrics was kind of easier for us because we knew about the old theme. But some parts, like the counting, in a way makes no sense. So, mm. But it, it could be the it's the count of the lies, but it was sounding good because it was very rhythmical. Mm. It was like da da da, so it was sounding. It was sounding good, mm. so it's not that we thought about the one, two, three before <laughs> we we went with the music. Because sometimes we write, sometimes we do write for the music, mm. and and that's how it happened. Okay, okay. So you've got a heavy album, okay? Um, came out this year. What's twenty seventeen for the Kunikon? What's what, what's it going to entail? Well, before oh, the end of the year, there's still not one even more. Finished. One well, that's that's a surprise. Right. Right. Let's rewind time a little bit. So, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going to end for you guys? Uh, well, we we will be performing in New York for the for Revolver Music yeah. Awards. Amazing opportunity, brilliant. In the beginning of December, there will be another surprise. Okay. Basically, we wrote our first Christmas song, that is called <laughs> Naughty Christmas. That's amazing. And it's uh, it's not a cover because many people ask me, oh, it's going to be a cover of a classic. No, 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 it's not. It's a song that has its own life. And this is actually quite a heavy kind of song for being a Christmas song. It's not, wow. We didn't want to do like a stupid, cheesy lullaby. No, we, was, we want the song to be fun in some way because it's obviously a, it's a still the, approach. It's still very Christmassy, but very heavy and very, very dark at the same time. Let's so, so why did you choose to do a Christmas song? Can you tell me? The, the opportunity arised because uh, a radio in Italy called Virgin Radio, mm -hmm. which is uh, the only rock network that we have in Italy, but it's a pretty big station, 
um, as every year they do a Christmas compilation of bands that have done songs in Christmas or covers for Christmas. So they asked us if we want to be part of it. And we kind of took the challenge because we always wanted to do a song for Halloween, but Halloween is not as popular in terms of having a song for it. You know, it's usually more common you do it for Christmas, and that's why the radio does it for Christmas. So we we tried to to take the challenge. We didn't know what, how to do it in the beginning, and then because we're not fans of of I mean we we like Christmas songs. If you know if you're with your with your loved ones celebrating Christmas just for fun, but we didn't want to write. A Christmas song. We wanted to do it our way. So with that, with that touch of spookiness and and darkness and in a Tim Burtonish atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And when it came up, when when Marco let us listen to the music, we said like, that's awesome because I mean it sounds Lacuna Coil. We can throw some cool lyrics in it. And I got the idea because I, I I was always a big fan of the Krampus, which is this legendary. Creature mm-hmm. that punishes the bad kids, <laughs> and that's how the lyrics came out. Oh wow! And that's coming out in December. Coming out probably. Uh, in, uh, it should go on radio. I think the end of November, and then there will be the the, the version for everybody uh, beginning of December, probably with, uh, December eight. So will it be like a digital download? Digital, iTunes, yes, kind of exactly. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, oh, I can't wait to see designing the cover right now. Oh, I see him over his laptop there. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely busy, slaving away yeah. on his laptop. Good job. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, bringing this back to... We talked about 2016. <clears throat> so you've got the Revolver Awards. You've got your special surprise, which won't be a surprise yeah. once this goes out, but we'll yeah. make sure... New video. New video. Coming up soon. New video for you've the not, song. You've not mentioned the song. Okay. It's You Love Me Because I Hate You. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the first one. We filmed another one that will be out next year. Later on, we'll, we'll, we'll find out about that another time. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So next year is going to be promoting Delirium again. Mm-hmm. We already have planned a tour with um, with Arch Enemy, a small tour in, in Germany, mm-hmm. and The Haunted. Uh, and we're already talking about other tours and possibly yeah, be South America, Europe, North America, South America, maybe Russia as well. So we're talking about it. We oh, haven't wow. the final calendar yet, but and some festivals in Europe as well. So, so Delirium's really gonna hit the tour circuit. Yeah, but yeah, just great. It'll be a world tour for sure. Fantastic. Things are there's a lot of interesting things happening right now internally and around the band. So we'll we'll see how much we can take, obviously, but I think be a lot of surprises. Okay. Um, one final one, final question about the songs and touring. There's already a number of songs from Delirium in the set. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on putting any more in the set? And if so, which one would you like to put in straight away? Maybe not necessarily more, but maybe different ones. Yeah. Okay. We haven't played. Uh, so yeah, I think there will be some 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 else we're gonna play, but we haven't. Now we kind of, as I said, there will be another year basically of, of promotion, so there will be chances to play more songs everywhere. And what one would you put in straight away if you could? Uh, Maybe think, Broken um, Things, broken my, demons. my Demons. It depends. Maybe Take Me Home, we'll see. I mean, we haven't practiced Take all Take Me of Home doesn't <laughs> from me. I want, I want to hear that as you come. It would be strange live though, because you need a, like a specific setup, because it's more of a song that you kind of have to listen by yourself and you imagining stuff. So, do have a, do have the best rendition live. You really need like a 
specific sonography. At least, I, I think so. But for me, it feels like one of those songs of when you come on for an encore and then you, you just get the lullaby, all the, the music starts playing, and you know you're kind of a bit crazy, and then, then it plays and plays and plays, and then you come in and boom, yeah, and yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we'll see. I mean, for sure, we'll play some more. Yeah. And now we we're thinking a bit more. Uh, about the booking for next year and we have some other surprises and next year will be 20 years so maybe something special for next year as well so. we're collecting ideas yeah we're working on something but uh, it's a bit too early to say because we have to see if it's possible first mm -hmm. and then we can start well uh, you get south out you know please anything special to celebrate the 20 years of Unicoil I'll buy it, whatever it is. Or retain, whatever it is. Uh, it will be probably more something... I'm sure probably the label will do something also uh, as a release. You know, and We haven't talked in, in at all about details, but I'm sure there will be something. And then we have a surprise that we are working on. And then maybe something for more for live shows, like some special events. Wow, amazing. Well, it sounds like we've got an exciting time coming up then with videos yeah. and... There's a lot of stuff Single coming up. Definitely right. lots of plans. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see them all and hear them all, no doubt. Well, thank you both for joining us today. It's thank you. As always, been amazing talking to you. And I'm sure it's going to be an amazing show this evening as well to, to uh, end the UK part of the tour. Aww. So I, I have to go back to reality. Once I've finished editing all of my pictures and putting them online and videos. And you can always so. come visit us in Milan when you're over there. <laughs> endeavour to do that. So thank you once again, Andrea and Christina. Thank Brilliant. you. Thank you. Well, today I was ready to tell you what 119 means. But <laughs> no, 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 actually, no, 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 no. So once again, thank you to Andrea and Christina for taking the time out just at the end of the UK tour. We were all in a very sad place, weren't we, Mike, at that point? Yeah, definitely. It was all very sad, just before we went for a kebab, uh, to, yeah. <laughs> to talk to us about upcoming plans and so forth. Um, and I hope we, uh, we get to see those plans realised um, pretty soon. And I don't know Right, so that brings us on to our review this week, and we're up to My Demons. So, Mike, do you want to start us off on My Demons? Yes, My Demons, scary, scary. So, the main theme of this song, um, I will, I will go with lyric, lyrics at the moment. Obviously, you've got Andrea and the style that he's singing. This is almost a throwback to somewhere um, off Half Life, maybe. Um, or even My Wings from the Inner Every album, and that works really well, going back to old-school Lacuna Call. Um, musically, throughout, there's the drums, there's the bass, and the simple guitar, 
and that works really well. I think that that alongside the lyrical uh, performance with the growling and Christina doing the main um, chorus uh, throughout the song, um, I really enjoy. Um, Lyric-wise, My Demons, um, I guess it's the demons between splitting up, um, I guess, maybe, in the relationship Mm -hmm. between each other, and it's fallen apart. Um, And all in all, I really like it. It's quite a long song, um, and the performance by both of them works really well. Okay, thank you. What do you think of it, Russ? Cool. I'm a big, big fan of this song, and I've been pining to see it live since I sort of first heard it, which hopefully will happen sooner rather than later. Um, musically, I'm a big, big fan of the introduction to this song, which is sort of like the, I don't know if you want to call it like the the organ effect of the synth. It's sort of, you know, it sounds very sort of not medieval, more Victorian and really sort of sinister, and it ties in with that whole Lucifer that we've been discussing since sort of the, the start of the podcast. Mm. Um, musically, it's heavy after that i think it's very similar thematically with the rest of the album i think it fits the concept of delirium very very well i think the strongest point of this song is the vocal lines and melodies i think i said last week i was a massive fan of andrea's vocal delivery on ghost in the mist i think i probably in reflection like this one even more just because it's really raw and guttural and as mike says it goes back to sort of old school lacunico i even sort of take it as far back to you know the first demos of how you know guttural he's getting with the vocals and i think from christina's point of view i think this is probably the most interesting song that she sings on this record because not because it's overly complex but because there's so many vocal melodies sort of hidden in the mix where she harmonizing with herself mm. there's a good sort of two or three overdubs of various different vocals um so if you listen to it really really carefully she's again harmonizing with herself which you know for any other singer is not the easiest thing to do and she does it with ultimate ease and yeah big big fan of this song i like the heaviness of it i like the, you know the overall lyrical content that Mike mentioned, and I think is a very, very strong song on a very strong record. Fair enough. I think you guys have covered it really, really well. Um, my own comments, just really to add to your own. I really like the opening. I like that that way that when you first listen to the song, there's that that, that few opening bars from the Christina and that, and the opening slowness of the the music lead might lead you to think this could be a ballad, kind of going down that kind of wide awake throat uh, approach, I should say, when she sort of talking about um uh just the opening really and and then you get the the bass kicks in and suddenly it picks up and you get a lot of the verse uh in fact all of the verses in this is sung by andrea and picking up on your point i made about you made russ about andrea on this one i i think this is a really well balanced performance from andrea and i mean that in a way that he's he's doing the guttural growl vocals but he it's not as guttural as other things he's done. And it kind of ties into the, the clean vocals as well as he works his way through the song. And then he goes back to the gut. It's, he, we don't talk very often about the way that he uses his voice as well as a, as a musical instrument through the songs. It's typically something that gets focused on Christina, but I think in this one particularly shows his experience as a vocalist. It particularly shows how he's evolved and how he's developed he, the growl vocals into something that could complements the song very, very well. I was very impressed with this when I hear it. And again, you have to go back and hear it because he starts off with a really kind of guttural growls and then it becomes more measured. And I think that really works. Um, I like what we said about Christina's 
a dub vocals um and you know the the, the harmonizing that she does we've seen this before from her heard it we should say but i think it's, it's done very well on this song uh lyrically i would say much like you you mentioned mike this is well, I mean, it's about demons. It's about internal demons. And you, it could be interpreted in a number of ways. You talk about being kind of breaking up or all that yeah. kind of changing in your life. For me, it feels a bit like entrapment or like the self-torture mm-hmm. that we put ourselves through in various degrees at pretty much every stage of our life, whether it's indecision uh, or whether it's um, it's just about confidence uh, but it feels to me, given the context of the album, that you know we're talking about insanity. This is something that perhaps is long term, long term bad decision making, long term feeling of entrapment, um, long term loss of control. Perhaps where you feel almost like a third person looking into your life or your decisions that you're making without any kind of control over them. Hence your demons, or maybe it's even that you do have control, but you're you're having to fight for that control within yourself because you want to be violent, or you you or whatever it might be. You know, you, yeah. your your own internal um, uh, implicit decision making process is is misfiring, and you, and you you need to stop yourself from doing something that was either um, dangerous to yourself or others. You know, it's a, a fascinating um, song in that regard. So I think the song is relatively predictable don't you think in the way it's made up though you know there's nothing uh-huh. i would say outrageous about the way it's constructed but it's still uh, a strong song i like it a lot and of course um a bit of a pub quiz thing here unless i'm very much mistaken this is the first lacuna coil song with explicit lyrics in it i was gonna say i forgot to mention that i noticed that earlier yeah yeah, yeah. And for me, it was a bit of a whoa moment when when he growls, "I feel fucked up today." I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! When did we yeah. have f bombs in uh, the Kuna Coil music?" <laughs> yeah, that, was, I, that was a surprise to me. It's not the last time um, we get this on the album, uh, but it's certainly the first time, and it's certainly the first time that we hear it in any Lacuna Coil song. As far as I'm aware, I can't think of any other time. And we've gone through all the lyrics so far, and I think we would have picked yeah, up yeah. on it. So yeah, there we go. An F bomb in Lacuna Coil. Actually, I think that's upset's probably too strong a term, but it's certainly become a talking point among some of the fans. You know, it's not necessarily oh, yeah. something that they look for in Lacuna Coil music. And uh, I, I even someone said to me they felt a little offended by it, um, which is understandable. You know, people can take um, offence at any number of things, and they weren't expecting to get that from Lacuna Coil's music. I, I think it's probably worth us exploring that in more detail at some stage about whether or not mm-hmm. that's uh, whether or not it fits. You know, I'm I've got no problem with swearing at all, but it's got to fit. Um, I know I I'm in two minds about whether it's in there. I think looking at it, it feels right that it's there because it is that kind of I feel fucked up today, really kind of control. And in the context yeah. of what's being sung, that feels like the right thing to say if you're really having a bad time about it. Why wouldn't you say that? It feels like a natural thing. But probably worth going back to. Uh, I really like the song. It's not my favourite song on the album. I, I think there are places where I um, maybe in terms of the song structure, I feel it's a little, I want to say predictable, but maybe I'm being a little unfair on it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go a little predictable. But I do like the components that make it up. I love the way that Andreas sings the growls and the clean. I love the complimentary um, chorus and, and, and the way Christina changes the tempo of the song. Um, through it there's no harmonies here at least there's close harmonies with themselves but not with each other but that changing temperament 
uh, between verse and chorus works really well. Um, pretty simple guitar solo, nothing too sophisticated there, but it doesn't really need to be. I think it, it complements the, the song well. Yeah, it's a, a very good song. Mike, what are you going to give it in terms of uh, scores? Uh, scores, I would say mm, nine. Ooh, big guns! Wow, mm, okay, good. Big. It's good. I, I would, I would think that that would maybe uh, a lot stronger once we've heard it live. I think it needs to be done live, especially. Yeah, I don't disagree with that point. Okay, but yeah. a, a very strong nine out of ten. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Russ? What are you going to give it? Me, I'm a fan of this song. I think this is Andy's high point. I think he's definitely the MVP of the track. Uh, this is an eight, solid eight for me. Yeah, I'm going to give this an eight as well. I was debating whether I to give it a strong seven, which is Mike's way of saying a 7.5, I think. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think on reflection, this is deserving a really strong, excellent eight out of ten. I take your point about the nine um, and I and the fact we need to hear it live. I think we're all desperately waiting to hear this one. I'm just thinking of the way that the the growls work and Christina's part part to play and the how the music flows. I could easily hit, see this live on stage. But there we go. My demons, a really solid track. Right, well, I think that brings us to a close this week on the podcast. Uh, you can get hold of us in all the normal places. Uh, I'm going to head off and uh, watch more Lucifer, I think, see if I can claw my way to the end of the series before I get distracted by something else. Uh, I've already decided that uh, on the way to work tomorrow, I'm going to definitely be listening to Coman Eyes. I've already scheduled it in, as it were. That's going to be cool. my go-to album for Friday. Um, and what about you guys? You got anything planned for the rest of the week? Uh, just listening to more Lacuna Call as always. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Russ? More, <laughs> more thrash Me, slash late, Lacuna. Nah. <laughs> I wish a late one with work tomorrow, and then I'm doing the adulting thing at the weekend of furniture shopping. So that's an exciting Hooray. life I lead. But um, you know, after that, I'm sure I'll come home and bear front some Slipknot or a turn an amplifier Break or two. The furniture. <laughs> and throw, <laughs> throw your TV out the window. Or yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Fair enough. All right, guys. Right, well, thanks, everybody, for joining this week. And uh, like Mike said, make sure you all listen to more Lacuna Co. And we'll speak to you all soon. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys.